Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty, everyone. Very pleased today to have a good friend of mine as our guest and also a consummate expert in her field of expertise. We're going to get into this, but uh, Simone Cavalheim, thank you for being here today. Really excited to speak with you and have you share with uh, our listeners your extraordinary story. Well, thank you, Patrick. You know, I've been listening to you since you started Finding Certainty, so I'm so excited to be a guest. So thank you for having me. Uh, It's our uh, supreme privilege and honor. Um, you know, over the the last several months, uh, I've gotten to be good friends with you and your husband, Rick. It seems like we follow each other around. Every event I show up, you're there. And every event you show up, I'm there. And we and we just like, we're kind of like uh, the uh, three musketeers, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I can always count on the Kabalhams being there and supporting and uh, just cheering on the causes that we're involved in. And it's just such a privilege and such a pleasure to see you too. So, you know, you're so active and, and, and involved here in the community here in Las Vegas. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just been, been really a, a pleasure for me. So Thank you. I hope you feel the same. Absolutely, Patrick. You know, I met you before we actually moved to Vegas and we've only lived here now for six months. And if you had asked me a year ago, would I live in Vegas? I'd have said, no way coming from California. Because uh, all I knew was the strip. Right. There is so much more to Vegas. And on top of that, besides the fact that gas is a lot cheaper and things are a lot cheaper, the people here are amazing. So well, don't judge Vegas by the strip. I completely agree. And it's funny because you you totally echo my own sentiment. We We relocated here from San Diego in March. And I say it's because it put us right in the middle between my family in Utah, her her brother in, in Phoenix, and we like San Diego. So this puts us kind of right in the epicenter. But I was I was reticent. I was hesitant to to move to Vegas because I'm not a huge fan of the desert. And you know, Vegas has this uh this image, I guess, of Sin City, you know, and that's not us. We're very conservative and we don't drink, we don't gamble, but we love Vegas, right? So go figure. Why is that? Well, it's lots of reasons, and you hit a couple of them. The people here are wonderful, right? I mean, it is it is yourselves included, of course. But we've just we found a, a great church, a congregation we attend. We we love the the ward we're in. We love the the neighbors. We and we really like being twenty minutes from the strip where we can go see a show or go catch a restaurant or something. But when you're out in the in the neighborhoods, you f- almost forget that it's even there. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. You know, the only time we go to the strip is when there's an event or friends come and we want to go. And like you, we don't drink or gamble. So there's no other need to be down there. Right. So being out here close to the hills, and a lot of people don't know that there are mountains around Vegas. You know, they think everything is flat and desert. It's not. It's actually not very beautiful out here. I love looking at the at the mountains and my my wife actually loves the uh, cityscape you know when you look down on the yes. lights from up here on the hillside it's really beautiful and it's and you you make a good point you know uh 
we either are going into town for a conference or a, a workshop or something seminar or or usually taking friends but but it's I, I like the fact that almost every time it's easily 90 percent of the time someone says i've got to go to a conference and i say where is it it's in vegas right <laughs> so they're all coming here and we don't have to go we don't have to fly there to see them travel play for a hotel i mean we were just in a big workshop this last week as you know and everybody else had to fly in i just drove drove down from my house i went home every night you know so so that's kind of a nice uh, feature of, of being here in las vegas as well as i'm sure you would agree so you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of certainty around just that <laughs> well it's definitely uh less expensive on the budget so i i like that <laughs> um and it's great it's a great airport you can get anywhere the, the flights many of them are uh, subsidized so you know it's there's a lot of things we're, we're really coming to to fall in love with it to be honest I, I i could see us staying here long term even though i'm still not a huge fan of the of the desert i mean i've lived in these gorgeous places like san diego and portland oregon and alaska and i love the trees i love the green and i love the mountains but but this is a pretty good place for a central hub. You know, we can travel and see those places. I can go fishing. I can go hop on a plane. I can do these other things. But it's, uh, you know, despite in addition to the fact there's no state income income tax here, which is that was another draw for us, plus. right? So, anyway, we could talk all day about Vegas, but let's not let's not do that. We have far more important things to discuss. So, um. We mentioned that we were at a uh, conference uh, this last week. I'll put a plug for uh, Bill and his uh, his Rainmaker Summit. That's actually how Simone and I first met. Was she was uh, she's a good friend of a, a mutual friend, Frank Hellring, and Frank said you've got to go meet this uh, Simone Kavalhim. She she's in Vegas, and uh, we started texting back and forth, and then she invited me to come to this lunch with a billionaire friend of ours named Bill Walsh. Well, long story short, we we both uh, became a part of what he would call his Rainmaker. I call it the Rainmaker groupies, but I don't know what you call that. <laughs> but, well, uh, let's make it rain. <laughs> but he's the uh, self-proclaimed Amer you know, American small business expert or small business coach. And and it's it's not just hyperbole i have learned so much from him he's opened up so many doors we're now partnered in two different projects launching a third and i owe all that to you simone as soon as it starts generating revenue you're going to make some nice overrides so you know well, we're uh, you. we're excited about it thank you you know it's one of one of the things that really pleases my heart is when i invite somebody to something and they say yes they come and they decide for themselves, you know, because there's so much noise out there in the business world, the health world, our family world, a lot of people say yes, and then they don't show up. And we know 80% of our success in whatever we do is about showing up, showing up for our health, showing up for our success and showing up for our life. And so you're one of those people I know who always says yes and figures it out. Yeah. Well, I certainly try to be. Um, you know, it's. I agree with you. You know, half of uh, half the battle is actually showing up and and uh, making the effort. And it's not always easy. You know, I this last week during Rainmaker, it was five days between Rainmaker and Ultimate Wealth Camp and the 
the last day is the uh, speaker, the icon speaker training, as you know. And, you know, I, I got there late a few days. I got there. I had to leave early a couple of days because I'm also managing, uh, you know, my my wife, church responsibilities. I had a, a client who came to town. You know, so, so I probably saw about 80% of it. It was a repeat for me since I attended in Orlando back in October. But but even though I'd been there once before and it was a repeat for me, I still gained so much from from what he taught. And anyone who doesn't know Bill Walsh, he really can help take your business to the next level. I highly recommend you check him out. Look up uh, either Power Team International or Rainmaker. Bill Walsh, he's all over the internet. So so thank you, Simone. I really appreciate the introduction. Yeah. And, you know, I look forward to learning lots more and doing lots more with him. So, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you and put you on the hot spot or the hot seat. Um, I always start the show by explaining two of the reasons why um, I've invited this guest, and and really when it comes to Simone and Rick as well, they're because they're a power couple. Um, the first reason I wanted to invite you was um, what you are doing to help bless seniors, to help reverse Alzheimer's. And I know that's a, a, that's a big statement, right? Not just to prevent or help or serve, but reverse Alzheimer's. That has got to be addressed. It's got, that message has got to get out there. So, I, you know, I know you've, you've spoken uh, on several different stages about that. If you look at her bio, it is it's like a who's who of, of the world's greatest influencers. And there's Simone right in the middle of them all. But uh, so that's the first reason we got to get this message out. Uh, it's very important. It is life changing, and so and and secondly, you took the words out of my mouth when you talk about showing up, because that's what you and Rick do as well. You are always showing up, not not just for your own projects, but showing up and supporting others, showing up and cheering them on, showing up and networking and and serving. And, and it's just it was. From the very first time I met you, Simone, that is what has impressed me in and, you know, in and above everything else. But that's, that's really made an impact on me. I try to do the same, but I think you do it in spades better than even I do. So, <laughs> Thank you. so uh, I really appreciate that about you. But let's start out by telling a little bit about your background. I know you're from Zimbabwe originally. I love the accent. I, I wish I had, uh, I wish I had, uh, uh, my accent still, I used to have a British, uh, kind of a New Zealand accent, because I lived in New Zealand as a child, so I had a, a, a Kiwi accent. I was a I was a transplant. My dad worked there in the South Pacific for, for a time, but but I came back and had this uh, this Kiwi accent for years and years, and people would always say, where are you from? Are you from England or something? I think I've lost most of it, because it's now a blend of Utah and Texas and Alaska and Italy, and you know, <laughs> it's, I've lost most of it. It's been, you know, 40 plus years, but, um, but I love your accent, but tell us a little bit about uh, what brought you to where you are today, because as a senior and an Alzheimer's expert, you've had your journey, right? Uh, maybe talk about your father, if you would, and uh, how you arrived at the place you are now where you're doing so much to bless those in need in this space. Absolutely. Well, you know, I always, starting off with where I come from, I'm originally from Zimbabwe. So I say to people now that I live here in the United States, and let me tell you, I love this country. I always say to people, I'm a white African-American Latina. 
And everybody, just like you, they laugh and they go, what does that mean? Well, it simply means my father was English. My mother was Spanish. I was born in Zimbabwe and I am soon to be a citizen of the United States. So epigenetically, I'm a white African-American Latina. I love when it that. comes to how I got to where I am, I must tell you that I'm very excited to share that I'm a university dropout. I dropped out of pre-med, well, out of medicine first year. And for a long time, that worried me to say that. But now more than ever, I'm excited because it shows that I've always had this love for medicine, for health and the body's ability to heal itself. But I'm not attached to allopathic medicine. And so I can say a lot of things and do a lot of things that a doctor can't do because of the allopathic situation here. And the reason why I dropped out was simply this. Um, I could barely pull apart frogs. And in your first year, you had to work on a human cadaver. And I, I hated even the sight of blood. So you'd say, well, why would you be a doctor? Well, you don't need to be a doctor that sees blood and handles blood. So I left that and have had for many birthdays around the sun, I might add, um, this love for the body, for health and wellness. And I then, because I couldn't do that, I went to the other side of the, the scale. I became an evening wear designer and traveled the world, lived in South Africa, lived in Hong Kong, manufactured in Hong Kong, went to Australia. And it was while I was in Australia, I worked with Tony Robbins. And I met my husband at an event called Date with Destiny. Now, that's not a place where you go and hook up with people. This is really expanding and understanding one's potential. And he was in my line when I was um, coaching people on how to get up a 40-foot pamper pole. And that's how we met. We met um, 10 years before we married. And it was one day, he, he, you love this, it's when AOL became worldwide and that noise became synonymous with worldwide contact. And he contacted me through AOL and he said, you know what, you need to stop standing on your head in the Southern Hemisphere and right side up and come to the United States. And so he wooed me across the ocean with some beautiful poetry and great memories. And so we've been married now for 22 years. And it's a great story. I love, you know, I love him. He's the love of my life. We do everything possible together. And one of those things was taking care of his parents. He had the most phenomenal parents. They are um, deeply centered in my heart. I spent more time with them than I did with my own parents, such that we, they, asked us to move in with them when Rick's dad was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And she was off the old school. She was on a drug called Warfarin and Coumadin and mm -hmm. Coumadin and couldn't eat anything green. And he had cancer and he needed to eat everything green. So we moved in and took over all of their supplementation, their food so that they could live what we thought was the rest of their life uh, with us healthily. And that lasted, I must tell you, 12 years. So I'm wow. very grateful for the opportunity to live with them. His mom 
the perfect person when I look at how I would love to live my life and pass away. She went to the, she was 90. She went to the gym in the morning, paid her taxes at lunchtime. And then that night she had a massive hemorrhagic stroke and lasted in a coma for six days where everybody, more than a hundred people came to say goodbye. And I thought, well, that, you know, that is phenomenal. That's His the way dad lived till he was 96. And that story in itself is amazing because we always thought he would go first because he'd had so many ailments and issues with his health from bladder right. cancer, skin cancer, um, you know, all of those things. However, we so we were living with him when Rick's mom passed away. And I thought he would pass away very quickly because he did have broken heart syndrome. The love of his life for 71 years left him in a, in a flick of an eye, blink of an eye. Wow. And so we lived with I him and I said to him very shortly after she passed away, I said, what is your plan? Is your plan to pass away? And that's okay. Or do you want to live? And he said, you know, I still think I have some good years in me. And that was when he was 92. <laughs> and for a year, we lived with him and loved him and were so grateful to have that time with him. And then overnight, he stopped talking English. He didn't know who I was. He thought the president was Lincoln. And when that happened overnight, I called the paramedics. They took him to hospital. And within a few short hours, they said to me, your father-in-law has Alzheimer's. And I go, how is that possible? Well, they didn't have an answer for that and forced us to take look into taking him to a, a memory care. They call him memory care now, but it was nothing short of um, a homeless shelter. It made one flew over the cuckoo's nest look like paradise. And we right. said no. So we put him in a rehab center for a couple of weeks, learned how to take care of him, brought him home. Everybody thought he would not live more than a couple of weeks. Well, I'm happy to share that he lived more than two years. Wow. And we brought him back from that such that he was able to talk at a conference about stem cell activation because that was one of the key things for him. And at his 96th birthday, having gone through breaking a hip during COVID, he looked amazing, sounded amazing. And on the way home, he said to my husband, it's time I go home. And Rick said, we're going home. And he said, no, it's time for me to go home to my wife. Within 45 days, he willed himself away. He passed away in my arms. And I always look back at what he left us. He left us this legacy that enabled us to work with other people, to reassure people that you can prevent it and you can reverse it. We're not talking about curing because, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't make medical claims but we can certainly reverse the horrible effects of Alzheimer's if somebody has the mindset and determination to do that. Uh, that is a fantastic story. And I've heard it before, but I've I heard more details today, Simone, and I really appreciate that. We are, uh, we are up against our first break. Um, we'll be back here in a minute, but I want to make one point, if I may, because you talk about not liking sight of blood and not being able to dissect a frog and so forth. And I know that was one of the reasons you came out of medicine, decided on a different path. But it was also, I think, that you were conflicted with big 
medicine, with big pharma, with prescription medicine, and these other things, you started seeing, you know, there's a better way than this. So when we come back, I want to talk more about that. Let's get into how you're helping reverse Alzheimer's, have the discussion on on the big cabal, big medicine cabal, as you call it. (laughs) But uh, let us go to break. We'll uh, be right back, folks. Don't go away. Thanks for listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options. Even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You're listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. We're back with Simone Kavalheim. Now, do you say Kavalheim or Kavalheim? Kavalheim. Okay. That's how I would say it in German, Kvalheim, but I wasn't sure. So thanks for well, clarifying. Because the, Viking, the Vikings say Kvalheim. But if you okay. say Kvalheim here in the, in the United States, they go, where is the Q? Right. And where's the W or whatever. Yeah. So uh, over the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, 
your your husband's father, your step, basically your father-in-law, Per, yeah. who you've now started a foundation in his name. Isn't that correct? It's called yes. Viking, Vikingness. Yes. Uh, Home with the Vikings, the Peringree um, Gavalheim Foundation, which is a senior community. It's a it's building a senior community, if you will, that reverses Alzheimer's. Um, we were talking a little bit about just how your, your feelings for your father-in-law, how you were adopted, you found out at 35 years old, which is incredible, um, and then your father passed away not long after you were you're married to Rick. So Per became your your dad. Cause because I, I get confused sometimes. I think I, I keep thinking it was your father that you helped uh, you know turn back the clock on the Alzheimer's with, but it was actually Rick's dad. But I think it's because of how you speak about him. You talk about him with such tenderness and and so forth that I I the that the lines get blurry for me. <laughs> I think they get blurry for a lot of people because they go you're not husband, you're husband and wife, not brother and sister. So how come you've got the same dad? <laughs> you know, I'm eternally grateful for the love that I have for him and the love that he shared with me, such that I became his primary caregiver in the last two weeks of his life. And he died in my arms. And I always think, you know, having someone pass away in your arms is maybe the most amazing thing that can happen to you because you actually experience that person going to God. Yeah, you feel them leaving. You know, I don't know how to put it other than it's the closest I've, other than taking care of his body for preparation for burial. Um, that's, I believe, the closest I've got to God. And for yeah. that, I love him dearly. We refer to it as the veil. There's yes. this veil over our minds. We can't remember or can't see that side of the universe. but the veil, as we say, becomes very thin in those moments. I've always liked that uh, definition. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, how it is that you were able to take him from not recognizing his grandchildren and not being able to, I mean, thinking that Lincoln was the president and so forth and so on, to actually being able to to speak publicly and and go and vote for the pre his president of choice and know who he is voting for. And, you know, these stories you've shared with me. And how did you do it? How do you do this? How is it actually happening? Because this is a, a really big announcement. This is, uh, I think, a, a, an enormous blessing, an enormous statement that many out there, millions of listeners could potentially benefit from if they uh, so desire. It starts off by being an advocate, not being a loved one. Because by being an advocate, you have to be strict. I became the food Nazi in the house. Anything mm -hmm. that looked, smelt, or tasted like sugar had to be removed from the home. Such that you're going to laugh at this little bit of a story. When they diagnosed him with Alzheimer's, they said it must have been something that he ate. And I thought, you know what? There's that show on TV called House. And House always sends his interns to break into the patient's home because he says patients lie about what they do. <laughs> so I actually went home when they said that he had Alzheimer's. I thought, oh, my God, I broke into our house. I took the screen off the bedroom window and broke into the house and pretended to be a CSI, a forensic 
scientist to find out. Right. From that, I decided that, you know, I needed to be the food Nazi. I needed to do all the research about medication, see what he was on. And that's how it started. And I was shocked to find that he'd been on a medication for more than 25 years, which only has an efficacy of 40 months. That's the maximum somebody should be on, less than, you know, four years. And it, the side effects, they clearly state, lead to Alzheimer's and dementia. So when I started to look at all of that, I went with him to his doctor and I explained to his doctor, this is what I'm going to do. There's an amazing book that I found and I've had the privilege to interview Dr. Dale Bredesen. It's the end of Alzheimer's. I met with him and I met with my father-in-law's doctor, Paris doctor, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. I have power of attorney. He said, anything I can do to support you. Now, he was a young doctor and he was going through a lot of what I went through when I also decided to drop out of university medicine. And that was every day a doctor violates the Hippocratic Oath by saying they will do no harm. As soon as you put somebody on medication, it has side effects, you're violating that. Such that in the United States now, doctors do not have to swear to uphold the Hippocratic Oath. Really? That's I didn't know that. Pharma. Yeah. So that's when I say I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't have to worry about HIPAA. I can tell you about PEAR. I can tell everybody about PEAR. I'm not violating any confidentiality there. And to the rest of the family, they were horrified. They'd say to me, well, did you get permission from the doctor? I said, you know, getting permission from the doctor to take someone off their medication is like going to a drug dealer that sells somebody cocaine and saying to them, I want to get off my habit. They're going to go, no, let me give you some more. And that's what they were doing with Pear. Every time something happened, they would give him something else. So we got him off that. And within a very short time, let me tell you, with two months, just looking at nutrition and medication, we were starting to see some significant results. And then I had the absolute amazing opportunity to meet with a scientist called David Schmidt, who has created a technology that activates and regenerates your stem cells. And I had done research and I couldn't find any way to improve the, the stem cells within his brain because you can't go and have an injection in the forehead, right? You can have it in your shin, you can have it in your knee, you can have it in your shoulder, but not in the brain. And he right. created a piece of technology that you'll see here that activates using light and on the premise, as Einstein says, that we are packets of light and vibrating at a frequency, this stimulates the body to heal itself. So with that, within four months, he was back almost back to normal. Within six months, I did a presentation to a whole group of doctors in California talking about stem cell activation, and he was one of the speakers at 95 years old. Mm -hmm. People say, you know, at that age, you have no stem cells to regenerate or to re-age or to make younger. Well, I, I challenge you. I challenge everybody because it does work. And so with all of that, with and maybe the most important piece to that is that Rick and I believed. It's that belief. Um, it's Maybe it, it comes from the heart. It comes from God. We believed that we could make a difference and that he would heal. 
Too many people know that their parents or their grandparents have been diagnosed or their husband because we know people now as young as 50 are struggling with Alzheimer's. The members of their family just accept the diagnosis. And so they buy into that. And that kind of exacerbates the problem because they won't, they'll say, you know what, he's got cancer at his age, he's going to die, let him eat whatever he wants to. When they said that to me about Pear, I'd say no, because everything he's been eating over the last maybe 25 years has led to him having Alzheimer's mm -hmm. because we know the match is lit for Alzheimer's 25 years before you exhibit the symptoms. It's chronic disease. And because it's chronic disease, we believe with enough people buying into this opportunity to heal people and the understanding that it should Alzheimer's should become a blip on the radar, just like polio. Rather than a chronic disease exactly. epidemic. You know, you made a comment at the conference this last week, and I don't know even I don't know if you realized I was listening. We were sitting next to each other, but I heard you say something about senior moments and how people uh, say, oh, I'm having a senior moment. And, you know, there is power in words. Our brains, our intellect, our mindset is has real power. I know they've, you know, there's the movie The Secret and others, Think and Grow Rich, that's you know international bestseller. And there is a lot of um, documentation and research and data that have gone into this. But I used to think as, a, as I was growing up, we hear this saying that, attitude determines our altitude, right? And I thought, well, that makes sense. You know, if I have good attitude, I'll work hard and, and uh, you know, probably do more. But I've since come to learn in the last 50 plus years that it goes way beyond that. It's not just having a good attitude and working hard. It literally has a, a, a almost a magnetic or a organic um effect on our on our lives on our careers on our health etc they have technology now where they put you know the different nodes on your brain and they've they've they're able to measure the brain waves right they measure the the frequencies of a positive thought versus a negative thought and they've proven that a positive thought vibrates something like 10,000 times faster than a negative thought and it actually attracts toward its similar frequencies now, you know a lot more about this than I do, but I've come to believe that there is something to that, that it's not just hyperbole. It's not just a, you know, it's not just a seminar that somebody's giving <laughs> wants you to buy into. I mean, there is there is real strength in that, in the language we use, in the thoughts we think, and how we approach these challenges. Do we buy into them and let it and let them consume us? Or do we take another path, you know, the whole scarcity versus abundance conversation, the whole, um, the whole, I mean, I, I used to say my head's killing me. Yeah. I don't say that anymore because <laughs> 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 I, I don't want it to. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. any thoughts on that? I, I know you're Absolutely. a big believer in this. You know, thoughts are things. And when we say things, first of all, when someone says I'm having a senior moment, I say to them, take notice. Because something is happening, 
We don't say we have a senior moment just for no reason. If you walk out into the garage and you're standing in front of your fridge in the garage and you're not sure why you're there or you can't find your keys, there's something happening and you need to take notice. And it doesn't mean you, you're going down the path of Alzheimer's. It means that something is happening neurologically that you can change. When it comes to words and thoughts, as soon as our dad was now conversing very quickly back to English, I set him up for him to write his gratitude journal. And every day he would write five things that he was grateful for. In the beginning, it was the same five things. But after a while, it expanded as he expanded his gratitude. Mm. And one of the last things that he said to me is that he loved me, you know, and that he was grateful to Rick and I. And that stays in my heart. And then the other thing that's really important with people that have Alzheimer's and dementia is creating oxytocin, is the hugging. Every day we would hug him and he'd hug us back. Every night, a powerful piece. Rick would go into his bedroom, stroke his head. I mean, this man is six foot five, right. a big guy, but he always stroke his head because he was completely bald. Uh, he had one of those beautiful heads and he would rub his head and say, I love you, dad. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, that makes me want to cry, just telling you. And that put him to sleep. And we know that sleep, this is another thing. Somebody said at the conference that we were at that made my hair stand up on end. And they said, you know, sleep is overrated. You can do that when you die. My thing is that's the worst advice people can give you because you can die from not having sleep. I agree. Sleep is important to regenerate the body. And the other thing, you know, when I went to did pre-med, um, we were told we had a finite number of brain cells. We know now that that's not true. Sleep helps us regenerate our brain. Right. Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'd like to come back. Uh, we're coming up on our next break here, um, but I'd like to come back and talk a little bit more about some of the forces out there that are incorrect, that are even um, not just detrimental, but I think um, are outright abusive, um, strategic, um, you know, things like Monsanto, things like the uh, big pharma. Let's talk a little bit about that when we come back from the break, because I know how you feel. You're very passionate about that. But I think there's some insights you can share with the audience that would be good to do uh, exactly that. Good to get out there. Um, we've got about one more minute here, but um, as you talk about oxytocin and you know endorphins are the same. Uh, these are these are powerful chemicals and pow powerful uh, st stimuli within our bodies, and I think we forget how powerful they can be. Um, you know, they they talk about how important it is. Um, I think it was back in World War II or World War One, where they realized ch uh, babies were dying, but there was one ward where the babies were thriving. And they said, "What's the difference between these?" Uh, it was after they'd figured out, uh, you know, bacteria at least. But mm -hmm. they realized that the nurses in that ward were holding the babies and rocking them, where the others weren't. I think there's a lot of there's, there's a lot we can talk about. That's a whole probably a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> It's powerful stuff, right? Any last thoughts just in the last 30 seconds before we go to go to break? Well, you know, I'd like to talk, when you talk about Big Pharma, I'd like to talk about the outsourcing. 
the outsourcing of our health, the outsourcing of our lives. You know, technology is an amazing thing, but it's led us to be uh, not taking responsibility. That's another thing. You know, taking responsibility for one's life, period, is a big thing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Simone. Um, that applies in, in so many areas of our life, right? It's not just our health, but it's our business, our, our relationships. I've always believed and I've heard it said that we are either progressing or digressing. There's no, no such thing as status quo, right? We're never just static. Uh, we are either improving or we're getting worse. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's a good, uh, it's a good reminder as we're looking at our relationships and things like that. Am I, am I building my relationship or is it getting worse? It's usually not, it might feel like it's just status quo, it's just static, but it's, because the digression or progression isn't isn't uh, always uh, um, it it isn't always aggressive. It isn't always noticeable, but it is happening, right? So anyway, we'll come back. It's time uh, to go to break again, folks. Thanks for listening. We're listening to Simone Kavalhim, who is the owner of Accelerated Health. She, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your businesses when we come back because you're doing lots of different things. You're involved with a lot. And I didn't really do a bio at the beginning. I'll explain why as soon as we come back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. 
Welcome back to Finding Certainty, everybody. We're visiting with Simone Kvalheim, who is an author. She's a business owner. She's a public speaker. She actually owns several different projects, including a senior magazine named Boomerang, a senior transition company named Love Mom First, which I love that name, and her health-focused business, Accelerated Health, which is, again, focused on not just preventing, but reversing Alzheimer's as we've been discussing. So, um, you know, as I've uh, gotten to know you, Simone, I keep learning little things about you. I mean, the fact you've been on the stage with the likes of Sharon Lecter and Tony Robbins and, and uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. And I, I think I'm impressed and then I learn more and I'm even more impressed. So <laughs> I, uh, I love your statement. If I can just say, I love your statement about how you say you're committed to adding years to life and life to years. Do you mind commenting on that just for a moment? Then I want to get into some of the forces that are fighting against real uh, lasting health. Well, it's because of the, the forces that are out there. You know, when you turn 55, they tell you to go and get your blood work done because now you need to be on medication. And that starts this whole cascade. You know, I don't have medical insurance for the simple reason. I don't believe that I need to, at this point, go in, have my blood work done and put on medication because a lot of people do that. And because their medication is so inexpensive, they don't think twice about what it's doing to them. And then they get caught up in that trap. And before you know it, I can speak for myself, you're 65 and you're on 12 medications and one of them is Ambien. You try and get life insurance when you're on Ambien, they don't want to know about you. The insurance company already says this person is high risk. And so it's what medications do to you. That was one of the reasons why um, I'm so passionate about writing my book um, my book is the next the next eight thousand days. I turned sixty five a month ago, and it hit me like a like a ton of bricks. I was prepared for it. I've always felt young. I think I look young, um, but when you actually see that marker sixty five, and it struck me that you know whenever you do a quiz or you do a survey. They, they ask you your age, and they have these brackets, and then they come to sixty five. And then there's nothing after 65. And I thought to myself, what the hell? Well, what the heck? What happens when you're 65? Well, everything happens when you're 65. And you've added life to your years. Because going through medication, they just want you to live as long as you can. They don't care how you are. You can be a dribbling mess in a memory care clinic at 90 and have been there for 10 years. Mine was to be like my mother-in-law. As I said, she paid her. She went to the gym, paid her taxes, and then she passed away in fully full cognition. The picture of health—that's the way to That's go. That's how it? I believe people should live. Whether you die at sixty-five, seventy-five, or ninety-six, be aware of where you are, and God takes you because it's God's time, right? Not because it's big farmers. Uh, the consequences of being on big farmers' medication. Exactly. And so my book, The 8,000 Years, is really also because I met a, a millennial who said, oh, my God, you're a baby, Mooma. I said, I am. 
And that person said, oh, you're the generation that's going to wipe out Social Security. We're going to be left here with no pension, no nothing, just a mess. And I thought, you know, us baby boomers, we've spiked every single market we've gone into as we've aged. And the next 8,000 years is where we're going to change the face of senior living. Senior living currently is called senior care. And they take care of seniors and they entertain them and take care of their personal needs. People like, and play bingo. People like me at 65, when we're looking to our senior years, we want to be in a community of like-minded people, contributing, living, playing cash flow, and generating generational wealth. And so at 65, we have this amazing capacity to do that, to generate multi-generational multi wealth. Because at 65, we have so much experience and we know what to do. And we're not expecting people to do it for us. And so that's what that book is about. Love Bombs First is a project of mine to help seniors get into the senior care, to get the care that they need. Because, you know, one of the problems with um, senior living is it's expensive. And when people find out that mom has to go into senior care, they pull their hair out and go, how are we going to do this? We have to sell mom's house. But mom's lived there for 25 years. She's been an aggressive collector. And there's 25 years of deferred maintenance. Well, we come along and take the stress off the plate, work with the daughter, Judy, we call her, and take care of the house and the stuff and get them the equity they need. Well, I was really fascinated by that part of your business. I know the Accelerated Health focuses on improving health and uh, reversing these symptoms, these uh, these diseases, Alzheimer's specifically, but you you help in other areas as well. The stem cell research can help in several different areas, not just Alzheimer's, but it helps with chronic pain. It helps with uh, you know, chronic fatigue. I mean, the, the list goes on. And uh, we won't, we don't have time to get into that in today's show, but I think we should probably do a whole nother show at another time and really dig into that technology because I believe, and I heard a statement this weekend at this conference, uh, he commented on, on, I forget who it was he was referring to, but he was in his 90s. And he says, my best years have been since I went from between 65 and 95. I mean, I've accomplished more. I've built my wealth. I've written books. I've spoken. I've traveled. You know, <laughs> he had married a younger woman, you know. <laughs> yes, Noel Lee. Uh, was it Noel Lee that he yes. was talking about? And, uh, you know, he's the... He's the CEO and founder of uh, Monster Cable. They refer to him as the head monster. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> they developed the Beats headphones and sold it for $3 billion to Apple. And he attributed doing it all since he was in his 60s. And he's in a wheelchair, too, for 30 yeah. years. I mean, man, if he could do it, anybody could do it, right? And so, uh, well, probably not, but you know what I mean. Um but with the advance of technologies, uh, they believe that people can live into their uh, early hundreds, you know, 110, 120. I mean, with medical advances and so forth. However, there are those forces that are that are very detrimental. And as we were coming up on the end of the show, just comment on Monsanto and the uh, big pharma and your feelings on that. You also even mentioned Alzheimer, the Alzheimer's foundation 
as not necessarily a positive force. And I think that's a really important point to make. They may not like to hear this, but I think it's a very insightful comment, if you don't mind making it. Absolutely. You know, um, because our dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, people say, oh, you, you obviously do Alzheimer's walks and you give to the Alzheimer's Foundation. And I say no, because the Alzheimer's Foundation, the incentive for them to donate money to a cure is not there. Because as long as Alzheimer's is out there, they have a way to generate money for the foundation. And as you know, like a lot of foundations, the money goes to the infrastructure of the foundation. So there's no incentive to find a cure. That's interesting. That's my big thing. That's a really you know? interesting and So point. I would say, you know, there's a lot of other places to put your money, a lot of other places. When it comes to Big Pharma and Monsanto, I'm concerned about how easily and readily people take medication without knowing the side effects. I have something that's pure, nat purely natural, and people will say, well, can you show me the clinical trials and um, the patents? And I can, but I say to them, now you're on this particular medication before you took it. Did you ask your doctor for the clinical trials? Did you ask what's in it? And of course, that's become a bit of a soapbox in the last two years because people are doing things to their body without knowing what it does and without mentioning it directly. I would say to people, why is it that people are suddenly dropping dead? Why are athletes who are at the peak of their um, performance in life are dropping dead? It's because of what they're taking without thinking about the consequences. Classic to that is our dad went to his gastroenterologist and the gastroenterologist said to him at 96, I'm surprised to see you alive. And he said, why? He said, well, are you still on your medication? He says, no, that medication causes Alzheimer's. And the gastroenterologist said, no, it doesn't. He says, well, I'm not taking it because it does. Wow. And so there are things that people take over the counter thinking that they're safe. It's just like food. People are eating certain foods thinking that they're safe. And the worst thing is when you go in a supermarket, the thing that you see the most of, if you stop and look, is sugar. And sugar is more addictive than cocaine. They've done tests with rats, and rats will give up their cocaine for sugar. And so we've been told that fats are bad for us. The brain needs fat, but it doesn't need sugar. That's incredible. I wish we could keep going. Um, very interesting topics. Um, what you're doing, Simone and Rick, shout out to you. What you guys are doing in these areas to help is just really impressive. Um, it's my honor to know you. How can people get a hold of you just in closing? Well, you know, I'm happy for people to text me. I have a text number. It is 760-953-9484. Text me with any questions. I'd be delighted to help. I do a free consultation to find out where people are at and how I can help them. Or look me up on LinkedIn. And I believe that's in your um, page that you're doing for North America today. So again, the number is 760-953-9484. And uh, it takes courage to text me because it's the admission or the understanding that something is not happening as it should be. But take courage and know that I'll help you. As you said, 
half the battle is showing up, right? All right. Well, thanks for listening to uh, Finding Certainty today, everybody. Unfortunately, we are out of time. The hour always passes so quickly, it's hard to believe. But come back next week. We're going to be meeting with Donna Campbell of the Mentor Studio, a phenomenal business leader, public speaker, coach that can teach you how to get your message out. Just like your message, Simone, so important. Thanks for being here today. Really appreciate you and your friendship and uh, give my best to Rick. And uh, we'll be back next week, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.